Welcome to the show today, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. We just have a wonderful series of Love Life California conference interviews, conversations with the guest speakers that we brought in from across the country uh, that I, I handpicked. I invited them all for very specific reasons uh, because of what they contribute to this abortion discussion and, and what I want them to teach the church and Christians in this moment where our resistance and our standing means more than ever. This, this is a Kairos turning point. If we don't stand now, we may not have a new birth of freedom. And not only will we not end abortion, we won't be able to contend in the public square in a free manner. I mean, they are cramping down on the pro-life always sidewalk counselors, the pro-life movement. Um, and we're going to be in for a whole world pain that God will work through. And he works through persecution. But let's avoid it, shall we? Uh, and let's pass on freedom and liberty to our children by firstly ending abortion. So I have my friend Monica Klein back on the show, a, a former uh, volunteer educator for Planned Parenthood, um, who, who uh, often says that she's now doing her penance uh, by declaring truth about the mm -hmm. organization and movements that she was involved in. We've had her on the show before. If you're tuning in and you haven't listened to this podcast before, um, you're, you're not going to want to miss it. You're going to want to share this with your pro-choice friends. Uh, so Monica, <laughs> welcome to the show. Welcome. You're so much fun. Thanks for having me here. <laughs> of course. Yeah. So we've done two episodes before together, debunking the twisted history of the sexual uh, education in America, and then, and then uh, another one that was just phenomenal. You've told your story before. Uh, I want to dive into your knowledge and what you've learned about the history of the sexual revolution, particularly um, their focus on education. But yeah. before we do, give us just a very brief summary, because I want to dive into your knowledge uh, of your background uh, for people who haven't okay. heard it before. Yeah, absolutely. So right out of college, I wanted to volunteer and change the world. <laughs> and, uh, and that's all, that's good. That's good that young people graduate and want to change the world. In my case, it meant that I wanted to combat uh, the HIV virus. Okay. Again, very good, right. very good. Um, but what I found is that I, you know, was volunteering for a gay organization who had an HIV prevention program, and they taught me everything that they believed I needed to know about the gay culture, gay practices, right. uh, you know, sex, sexual practices, just everything, yeah. everything you can imagine, condoms, lubrication. Um, they trained me on STDs, you know, honestly, at that time it was, here's some pamphlets from ETR, uh, read about chlamydia, read about all these different diseases. And then we okay. talk about, you know, reduction, uh, risk reduction. And then they said, you need to learn how to share this message with young people, with mm -hmm. children. And so just all to, this content and information, all of this content and information. And back then this was 1996. <laughs> oh my goodness, everybody. Yes. I'm that old. Um, there, there were no curriculums, right. nothing like that. We were yeah. all just kind of learning from, uh, pamphlets and information from the CDC, things like that. And, uh, and it, and honestly, a lot of it is still the same. What I see in curriculums today is very much what we did back in the nineties. Nothing's wow. really changed. It's pretty <clears> much the same, but they just said, you know, go across the street to Planned Parenthood. The director of education there has agreed to teach you. Mm. And so she became my mentor, um, had one-on-one -on -one trainings with her. She uh, took me under her wing. Um, she was at my baby shower. She just she just became someone in my wow. life. So she, I was mentored. I was never employed by Planned Parenthood, but um, I was mentored by them and right. had a relationship with them um, for over ten years. And uh, and so then she taught me how to teach children about sex. And uh, mm -hmm. and I know I've shared some of those details with you yeah. on how she did that. And once again, 
everything she taught me then holds true today in what we see in curriculums today. And you've shared, Monica, before about how when you got involved with volunteer educating for Planned Parenthood, um, you were hearing about young girls coming in. Oh, uh, yeah. You mentioned with like objects in their body. That was with one of a the... lot of sexual trauma, and and you shared before publicly that that you thought you were going to help them how to avoid these oh. sexual situations. Um, perhaps perhaps even abstinence, right? Like you didn't think that young girls should be having sex. Um, and then you had a moment that was a real turning point for you, to my knowledge, where th- that woman tapped you on your knee and said, oh, honey. And what yeah. did she say? Yeah. So she, Seth, was telling me about girls as young as 10 coming into the clinic. And they had toys in their bodies. Uh, th- this wasn't sexual experimentation. <laughs> right, this right. was sexual assault on yeah. children. Um, so yes, you're right. My first reaction was to say, well, teach me how to talk to these girls about ways they can protect themselves and not, you know, avoid these situations. Right. And she reached over and patted me on the knee and said, no, dear, we're not going to teach them not to have sex. We're just going to teach them how to do it safer. <laughs> I protested a little bit because I'm like, okay, you're talking about 10 year old girls with objects and diseases and abortion. Right. <clears throat> And she said, you would be judging these little girls if you told them not to be sexually active. They have chosen to be sexually active. And we are going to meet them where they're at and just teach them how to do it safer. Which means condoms, which means lubrication. And I can go into why that's important as well because it's... um, Condoms lubrication, getting tested for STDs, and having abortions, yeah, and keeping right. the parents out of the picture. That's right, and because there isn't really any neutral ground, right? Like you're you're either um, you're either normalizing deviant sexual behaviors is mm-hmm. all sort of healthy and normal and part of human flourishing, um, or you or you are stigmatizing certain behaviors, right? Like it, it's good to have a culture of healthy stigma. Like for example, yeah. we want a stigma against child abuse. Absolutely. We want a stigma against spousal abuse. We want a stigma against parents abandoning their children. Like right. you want stigma and, and a healthy culture of shame in, right. in any sort of functional society. So there, my point is there's no neutral sort of gray area, right? It's not like, well, we'll just let them decide. No, it's like either you're educating them to avoid sex for all of the various reasons. Like even, even if you're not a Christian, you should be able to see how this impacts children negatively. Right. Right. The scripture talks about this. So don't awaken passion or before it's Do not time. arouse or yeah, awaken yeah. love until exactly. it's Once so again, desires. the Bible proves out science yeah, song and, and how the real world actually works. That's right. Um, and so so those people who say, well, they're, they're, you know, they just need to learn so they can be safe. No, no, no. no. There is no neutral gray area. Mm-hmm. You're either encouraging healthy behaviors by through absence education or you're, or you're normalizing deviant sexual behaviors. And that is their goal. So talk to us, Monica, about how that's always been their goal. Share with us where these ideas and some of the, I guess we call them like intellectual fountainheads, yeah, like the fathers Absolutely. of the sexual revolution and, and the sexual education movement, uh, to tell, t- teach our listeners and, and, and me um, how this was always their goal and where it begins. So one of the main things that I researched after leaving this industry is a man named Alfred Kinsey. And the reason I did that is because when I worked at the gay organization, I always heard them say... We're so thankful for the father of sex education, 
Alfred Kinsey. Wow. If it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have sex education. If it wasn't for him, we wouldn't be able to normalize right. homosexuality. So and, he's a hero. And all of the LGBTQ, right. absolutely. Wow. Uh, if it wasn't for Kinsey, um, <laughs> we would not know that we're all actually more lean more towards homosexuality and bisexuality than we do heterosexuality. Wow. So that was their belief. And Kins and so when I left finally in 2009. So you're like, who is this Kinsey? Right. right at some point I uh, was home pondering my 10 years in the abortion and sex ed industry and wondering how was I deceived by this? And the first thing that God had me think about and remember was Kinsey, wow. their hero. And I thought, well, who, it, in all honesty, they never taught me who Kinsey was. Of course not. So I'm like, okay, well, so, uh, uh, you know, I Googled Alfred Kinsey. Yep. And I found videos about Alfred Kinsey on YouTube by a woman named Judith Reisman. Yeah, that's right. So She's a hero. She's Just a give hero. a quick 20-minute description of who Judith Reisman Judith Reisman <clears throat> passed away this last year. That's right. Beautiful woman. She, um, a pioneer, she actually worked for Captain Kangaroo hmm. on uh, just education for kids wow. and the show. Wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. She'd write songs. She's very sweet. Yeah, yeah. And then one day, her daughter was raped. Her little oh. girl. Oh, my God. A little girl. I didn't know that story. She was raped. And she was raped by a teenage boy in the neighborhood. And as they continued to investigate it, it turns out that the little boy said that he was looking at pornography. And the pornography, he just thought it was normal. And so he, acted what he thought was acted out yeah. on Judith's little girl. <clears throat> so then Judith realized porn led this little boy it changed his attitudes, beliefs, and values, yeah. and he acted on something that he saw because he was becoming addicted to this, right. and he then yeah, hurt the cell, daughter. Cells that fire together. So then she together. thought, well, wait a minute. What's going on with this pornography? And mm -hmm. so as she started doing her research, she discovered Alfred Kinsey. It's almost like all roads lead to... Alfred Kinsey, absolutely. So she started to research who he was, read his books, and realized that he had conducted basically sexual torture of children to justify his belief that we should have sexual freedom from birth, um, that children from womb to tomb should be sexually active and have the right to sexual pleasure. And he did all this by sexually torturing children with a staff of people all funded through Indiana University and yeah. the Rockefellers. Through the Kinsey Institute, which is through still Through the Kinsey there, Institute. Right? And, and he documented this in a he book He documented called... the um, sexual behaviors of the human male and uh, that was published in, I believe it was 1948. Wow. And this all sounds shocking, Seth, but guess what? He published his research as, of sexual torture of children. Of course, he doesn't call it that. No, right. He publishes this, and the medical community and the culture all accepts it. Wow. 
if you look at his books, which I did buy on eBay because yeah. I want people to say, like, if they, they course, want proof, yeah. I'm going to show you his old book. That's right. And here are his charts yep. where he says this stuff Primary himself. Sources, yeah. There is, you know, one one example is of an infant um, and a four-year-old boy even. A four, this is a four-year-old boy that was sexually tortured for 26 hours to yeah. get him to respond sexually, meaning Gosh. orgasm. And they timed this stuff. And they huh? timed it. Uh, there's a clip of Judith Reisman on Donahue, actually. Oh, it's wow. uh, And actually, you need to see the mind polluters. There's okay. clips of that in the mind polluters. And I, I'm in the mind polluters. I'll send that to you. But Wonderful. He, um, they had one of Kinsey's uh, staff on Donahue with Judith Reisman. Oh, my gosh. And she was exposing all of it. She's like, here's the chart of how they said, you know, it's in from his book showing that they sort of sexually tortured these children for these many hours trying to, and they had this many number of orgasms. It was all timed. Right. And they show how the time. And they're pedophiles. And she was like, they're pedophiles. And Unreal. Donahue just, you know, he was a big supporter of Kinsey. So he was like, he looked at the staff member and he said, are they really pedophiles? And the staff member said, well, yes, but they were highly trained. Oh, he admitted it. He actually admitted it, but they're they're they were professional and they had timers. Oh my gosh! This was all there. She exposed it all, and for some reason, our culture, the medical community, and yep. the our <clears throat> laws were affected by this man's yep. deviant research. Yep. And so when people say that we're sexual from birth, and many Christians believe that. I actually had a few pregnancy centers who didn't let me come and speak because they did believe that children were sexual from birth, and I couldn't get them to understand oh that gosh. they didn't understand what they were really saying. <clears throat> right. I don't think you know what you are saying yeah, when you yeah. say that. Yeah. And it was Alfred Kinsey who said that because wow. he desperately wanted to make... So in other words, he's the original pedophile yep. who... He didn't say it back then, but he would he would have liked very much to call it the minor attracted person. Yeah, oh, right? totally. Yeah, yeah so he's the original minor... Right, right now, exactly. Was, yeah, wow. Exactly. Wow. And so, so now let's fast forward to my training at Planned Parenthood. She's telling me that these 10-year-old girls, that they're not being assaulted, that they're not being raped, that I was wrong because they chose to be sexually active. Wow. And we were there to support them in that and just reduce their risk. Wow. This is why, see, they, they have a very distorted view of our children. Yeah. They have a very distorted view of family. Go figure, Margaret Sanger, yeah. Planned Parenthood. <clears throat> and they're the ones that are teaching and discipling our children in the education system and through social media. Yep. But not just that, the government supports them too. Why? Because I was paid 40 hours a week to walk the streets of those high-risk neighborhoods, knocking on doors, literally. Really? Passing out condom packets and referring them to Planned Parenthood. Yep. <clears throat> now, today, I think, where was the church? That's right. And, and that is something I continue to pray to God about, okay, how, how are you going to help me reach the church? That's, right. That's really the calling he has on me is to how do you reach the church and how do we start walking the streets? Yeah. Because 
There are government paid people who are doing this work every day, every yeah. day. Right. And the strategy was this. Monica was going to be at Booker T. Washington at nine o'clock in the morning every Tuesday forever. Wow. Why? Because then they're going to trust me because, you know, that girl Monica is here at nine o'clock in the morning every Tuesday, you know, for a year. Yep. They trust me. <clears throat> yep. They it's will like, come to me. That's any, they good, will let my... any good salesman, right? Exactly. And <clears throat> yep. that's what I was. And I was peddling the lies of Planned Parenthood and, wow. and risk reduction. And it's all being paid by the government. Wow. And in my talk today, I'll reveal some of that. I'll reveal the government programs. I'll reveal who these organizations are Powerful. and how they've been getting money through the CDC for decades. Yeah. And guess what? Guess what? All of this outreach that we have been doing in supposedly specific zip codes that are high risk for STD and HIV and unplanned pregnancy, the numbers of STDs and HIV and unplanned pregnancies in those communities continue to be high. Yeah. Go figure. Yeah, I guess yeah. risk reduction education wow, isn't Monica, working. That's powerful. So even yeah, even the even the things that they're focusing on and claiming that they're pulling off and that they're good at, they're oh. not doing because you can't accomplish any of that by encouraging any and all forms of sexual behavior. Exactly. Um, as, as we sort of close out here and get you going and uh, and, and prepare for your next uh, session, which I'm so excited for the people to hear the history on this, Monica. Because just yeah. people don't know it. I'll do my um, best. I only have thirty minutes. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're <laughs> but um, but I'll just end with this because I want people to to connect with you. Uh, you have an organization called It Takes a Family because the family is the smallest political unit, right? What what God gave us to keep evil in check is yes, actually the government, mm-hmm. a righteous government government working properly restrains evil. But then the family, it's the, the family, family restrains evil yeah. because that's the most formative individuals in a children's life. That should be duh. That should be self-evident. And that's why they want to separate children from parents. That's why they didn't want their teaching during Zoom of summer 2020. They didn't want parents to hear what they were teaching. This is why they don't want Matt Walsh flying to the Loudoun County School District. Right. And so they create a new law that only residents of Loudoun County can speak to the school board. And so then Matt Walsh buy, buys an apartment so that he's a resident so he can go blast them on their CRT and their I sex ed. See, because they don't want the parents involved. They it. need to remove that. But you're a mama bear. Um, we need. I need to be a papa bear. We need more people to Absolutely. protect the children. Um, because as Bonhoeffer once said, the ultimate test of a moral society is the kind of world that it leads to its children. Uh, and so you guys need to connect with Monica Klein and, and learn from her. Um, and she'll she'll explain to you and teach you uh, how the like three or four organizations that now exist that write the curriculum for comprehensive sexuality education. If you study it, you can trace it all back to Alfred Kinsey, to the former medical director of Planned Parenthood, Mary Calderon, Absolutely. who left to start one of these organizations with That's seed right. money from Hugh Hefner. Like this, this whole, it's sick. It's sick. And uh, you guys need to learn from Monica. Go back to our prior episodes to have a full in in, uh, in sort of in-depth conversation about it, um, as well as get her talk when we release it from Love Life California. Monica, thank you for being here and coming Thanks, out for Seth. the conference. Thank you so much. God Absolutely. bless. Uh, the, the answer is the church, as always, guys. Um, and, uh, and we're excited to bring together people who are fighters and who understand the fight and can get you involved in the fight as well. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Uh, follow Monica Klein, Facebook, uh, Instagram, and It Takes a Family. Um, get on the on the newsletter list. You yeah. have great content to learn more about this. Um, support this podcast. Leave us a rating and review. It really helps us reach more people. Stay tuned for a lot more exciting Love Life California content and interviews uh, here as we begin to take back life in California. Until next week, I'm Seth Gruber and this is Unaborted.